it was just two two screens and now it's like oh i got backgrounds and shit one of the episodes i had stuff one of the solo ones i did had stuff like pop up on the screen and there were sound effects and i'm like nope that was too much (laughs) (laughs) it was too much did a lot of work oh my god it was way too much hey everybody Welcome to Conversation Peace. You're listening to The John Key Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the John Chi Show. It's your boys, KJ, Nathan, and Patrick. I don't know why I just introduced myself last, but I'm okay with that. And this is a show where we talk about being Korean adoptees. And we celebrate that, and we talk about the joyous stuff, and the not-so-joyous stuff, and everything in between there. And it's a lot of fun. Fellas, how you doing? Was that a good intro? <laughs> sure. Uh, that was chill, was chill energy chill. for a Thursday yeah. night. All right, cool. Given the state of the world, I think that's exactly where we need to be. Also, right, KJ Nathan Patrick is the alphabetical order, so that's why I do it. I did that unintentionally. Oh. So Unintentional. Hmm. Yeah. It's not because I think of you last. It's because it's alphabetical. Mm, mm. I like that. I'm used to being in the front of the alphabet because my last name. Because of your last name. name. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's what, what we, everyone. We could also go with for. seniority and just Whoa. say my name all the time. You first. came in Nathan, so hot right I'm there. I'm going to need you to take like five steps back from the <laughs> microphone, sir. That was that was a lot. Nathan put his mic inside of his mouth without a pop filter too. It was honestly yeah. Where'd disgusting. your pop filter go? He was hey, like, yeah, "Is right this here. even doing anything?" I didn't think it was doing anything. There is that better? <laughs> I mean, sort it's, of. It's not. I have a. I have a new pops. I have 100%. a new uh, orientation for my microphone, so trying it like as you can see coming in from the side. So from the side, yeah. All right, great, 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 great episode. Good job. We're gonna go Good to a snack now. And... All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, and uh, we're going to a food. <laughs> Nathan, what does John Chi mean, and why are we? Why do we call ourselves a John Chi show? John Chi. J-A-N-C-H-I. I hope you guys see that. I mean, technically, it's on the written uh, podcast episode. But it's uh, John Chi means to feast and celebrate and banquet. And um, that's what we're doing. So we are feasting and celebrating and um, just enjoying our time together as Korean adoptees and listening to stories and uh, intersectionalities. And everything that means to be Korean or American or neither. Or all of How's them. That? Or, or all of And them. also, we eat a Korean food or drink item at the end of That's the show. That's true. Mm-hmm. Hence the feasting. Hence yeah. the, and the banqueting. And we should have some new ones because I did send you guys still a, a bag of stuff. So I think we have some. I still some, got some uh, stuff in here. I got, we got some new stuff to try out. So Cool. Dopity dope dope. Yeah. Dope, dopity dope dope dope. We're coming in a little low energy on a Thursday night. You I'm know what? Be honest, Honestly, I forgot that we were recording. So <laughs> it's, I'm glad uh, to be here. It's it's low energy because we've probably forgotten how to do a solo because the last time it's we true. did a solo was like three months ago. The it was a while was, ago. Was the it world three was a ago? hotter place? No, it wasn't. It wasn't three months ago. It was last month. Cool. Um, so Patrick, when we were in L.A., however long ago that was. I think I think it was when we were in LA. Honestly, it could have just been after 
it was it was a private conversation, but you were talking about how I think you and I were talking about um, the idea of Asian American um, and and being an opt in identity, which uh, is timely since we just re released since we just released our live episode. But um, you were talking about how you don't identify necessarily so much as like a Korean adoptee per se as like an Asian adoptee um, and just kind of like how that has really like shaping where you find yourself right now. Um, and I, I want to get into that, but will you lead up to that by kind of giving your take on why Asian American is an opt-in identity? Sure. So I think, I think that if you go back and listen to, um, actually, no, you wouldn't get this if you listen to uh, <laughs> the live episode, but because we didn't record that part, because we didn't record Jason we Chu's talking. lecture part. <laughs> but um, I think that Jason Chu, who was at Beta LA and gave a little presentation, kind of about the history of Asian America, talked about Asian American being an opt-in identity, something that we can, something that you have to choose um, to identify as. And uh, I think it really resonated with, well, at least KJ and I, um, because for me, at least, it's part of like really understanding the roots of Asian America and understanding like the history and everything that goes into and like where that comes from. And for me, in terms of like identity formation and how I've found myself coming to terms with my identity and self-racializing as Asian, as American, wait, as Asian, as Korean, whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> self-racializing as American. What is wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> well, I America's just, not a race, so it's fine. Yeah, I know. That's why I was saying, <laughs> I was just like, what is, what is going on in my brain? Um, I just see it as an opt-in identity because like I have to like I literally am choosing it because for so long for 30 years like I rejected that part of my identity and so um as a Korean ethnically like I always will be and always am Korean and even though I didn't maybe necessarily identify as that like there is no mistaking there is no denying that even though like I can reject it it as is growing up even though like for a long time i can like deny it to myself there is no denying literally in my dna i am <laughs> you korean. can take the boy out of korea but you can't take the <laughs> korean out of his blood. exactly exactly <laughs> so uh, but as an asian american as an asian person like that is something that i've had to actively choose and reclaim and you know like race is like a social construct and as a concept um, just understanding what that means for me. Um, I've decided like, as I've gone over the last three years in this journey, that that's something that it just may, it just makes sense to me as being something that I choose and I want to choose not only that I choose like, because it feels like I'm supposed to, but because I actively want to do so. Yeah. Right that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, Nathan, where do you fall on the Asian American thing? Sure. I mean, I think I've 
um, I mean, going in the topic of reclaiming it or or identifying more as it, I, I think for sure it started, like I said, I think on one of our last episodes in California, um, where I was more surrounded by Asians. And so the, the just the visual um, uh, environment of having more friends that were Asian and going to more restaurants that were Asian, and then eventually, of course, meeting my wife and marrying, um, you know, um, an Asian who's half Japanese, half Chinese, and and kind of being in, involved in her culture and and just just knowing more about it, it made me know more about myself. And then um, while I was in Los Angeles, I saw more Korean things, more adoptee uh, groups that were gathering. And again, that kind of immersed myself into it. And I think all of that, in combined with uh, uh, you know, eventually having kids too, that my house, my household is is a hundred percent Asian and or Asian American. And so it's, it's, uh, there's no denying that. Whereas before I was, you know, when I was being raised, it was, it was myself and my sister and my parents. And so it was, it was a 50, 50 split at that point. So, and then of course my sister moved out to college. So, um, so I think at that time it was, it was definitely different where I didn't really identify with it because I didn't have the visuals. I didn't have the, the reminders every day that, that I am Korean. And, uh, and I think maybe that's why I rejected it so often too, is because everything that I saw was not, was not Korean unless I was looking in the mirror. Yeah, that makes sense. I've not thought about, I mean, like I think about your house being all Asian people, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I've not thought about like, like the power of that constant visual reminder versus mm. when, like even now my house is split 50 50 growing up when it was me and my sister and my parents, our house was split 50 50. And like, as we've often said on the show, American just defaults to whiteness. And so it's, it is so easy to just be like, I don't know. I mean, like, unless you're, you're bringing your ethnicity and that ethnic culture to the forefront, you're just going to default to whatever white American looks like at the time, you know? Um, like it's such a, it's so much work to actively like put yourself forth. And then when mm. you definitely don't know that <laughs> because adoption, you're just like, man, this is, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember distinctly choosing it after reading the making of Asian America and, uh, Growing up, I was always surrounded by a very global m mindset. Part of that was just like the the desire of my church to be mission minded and like be uh, internationally missionally minded. Um, which, for all of its optics, what I most appreciate appreciate about it is that like. For me, I was just always thinking about like, there's so much more to the world than just what I'm experiencing. And um, I really loved that America is this melting pot slash tossed salad slash now I'm back to melting pot. Okay, so <laughs> actually, this is a, a fun, fun side conversation is uh, growing up, I always heard America is a melting pot, all these different people coming together and becoming quote American. Then I was like, well, but that doesn't like really do it justice because actually like people come here, but they still bring all their culture and they like try to do their things. And so it's like a tossed salad. Like, 
you know, the, there's like, right. you've got your lettuce, you've got your tomato, you've got your feta cheese, maybe you've got your cucumber, you've got your dress, like you, whatever. But now I'm like, oh, it kind of is a melting pot and not in a great way. It, I wish it was actually more like a toss salad. <laughs> uh, right. Because we like so many immigrants have to assimilate to survive. So many, you know, immigrants just feel like they have to deny parts of who they are so that they can just be out here, you know? Uh, and so and you yeah, could choose like, to eat just a crouton if you wanted to, but with a melting pot, you wouldn't because it blended together. It's all sludge. Hmm. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyways, uh, but because of that upbringing, I just felt like, very aware of like there's so much like the world just seemed so exciting so like full of different people to meet different things to explore basically and so my being korean i was like oh that's just a fun part of it um and so even though i didn't know that much i was like yeah this is it's just part of you know the world um but then when i learned about yuri kojiyama and hearing asian american as a political identity first as like a way for um marginalized communities from the asian continent to come together and have more say in the political spectrum i was like oh this makes a lot of sense to me because in some ways even with our podcast that's what we're trying to do now you know even with uh with all the stuff that you have seen we have seen in the past uh three years and as it comes around again in in light of um Everything is going on in the world today. The idea is like being able to band together for the common good uh, right. is is continually more important. Uh, and and just like it was in the '60s, it's that way today. Uh, that marginalized communities need to come together for greater voice, greater say in political kind of uh, legal ramification ways that then trickle down into how we live our daily lives. Uh, and so I think that that's, that's really important. And when I, when I understood that, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I don't have to gatekeep myself and be like, oh, I'm not a real Asian American because like that was, that was always our term. There's no reclamation that w- needs to happen. Like that was always, it was just a, it's a choice that we, that we make. So, yeah. I always thought, you know, with the term Asian American too, is that it did mean a blending and not necessarily a stronger concentration of one or the other. And so that you really didn't have to know everything about America and you didn't have to know everything about Asian culture. It was more of a combination of the two. So you could be fine with knowing, you know, how to say a few words or eat, you know, you've had a few dishes here and there, but it wasn't like, you know, it was, it identified me more as the blending of the two. And I always felt okay with that. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Did you not want to feel like more than one or the other? I remember back in the day too. Also, there was a, uh, a f- photography project that I, I volunteered for, where they had it, a Korean flag and an American flag, and you were supposed to stand in a percentage of where you wanted to, either more on one side or more on the other side, or right, you know, dab in the middle. So, um, and that helped represent what you felt. Um, but what about you guys? Did you feel like you were right in the middle or more? on one side or the other? Um, and has that changed? Uh, so, okay. So I have two answers for this question. So when I was growing up, 
I obviously felt way more American because I didn't want to be Asian. And right. I was in complete rejection of that. Um, I was in D.C. the other weekend and I somebody asked me how I defined Asian American because I we have been talking about how I identified and I said that I identified more as an Asian American adoptee than I really did as a Korean American adoptee. And they asked me how I defined Asian American and I said I actually took a beat because I was like, oh, I haven't really thought about what that definition would be. And after I thought about it, I said that I think I define Asian American for myself as a term, as resistance specifically. And I define it as resistance because for me, I've had to figure out what it means to be Asian American. And I don't really think of it as a blend between being Asian and being American. I think of it more as a resisting of any conventional notion of what it means to be either of those two things. Um, I also think about it in the historical context of where it came from, like you just talked about, you know, as a political term in the 60s. And I think it's really important to remember that context when, for me at least, when thinking about Asian America or Asian American, because I don't think that, because the reason that it was created was specifically as a term for us to bring together a bunch of different diasporic communities to have solidarity in a, in a, in a, in a political sense, in a like political in a sense large, for us yeah. to be able to <laughs> have one, a, a, a coalition of voices to be able to, um, support the black Panther party and yeah. civil rights movement specifically. And it wasn't so that we would generalize all the different Asian diasporas that came under the term. It was specifically to highlight all the different, different communities and peoples that make up Asians that lived in America. And I think that's the beauty of it. Is it really like, like the tossed salad uh, metaphor, like it highlights the different parts that make it up, make up the salad specifically. And I think it really resists the notion of just the blending or just like this, like a generalization. And for me, I define it as resistance because like, I like the fact that I'm trying to be specific as possible while at the same time reject the notion that I can only be one specific thing. And it's, that sounds super contradictory. Like I can only be like defined as a Korean American adoptee. Like, and I can only operate in that one space. Like, I guess is how I think about it mm. a little bit. And that's why I more so def identify as Asian American because I don't connect as much culturally, even though ethnically I am Korean. Like there is some barrier to culture for me that I just cannot cross. There is some chasm that every time I try to leap it, like it, I just can't reach the other side. It makes me really sad, especially as I approach parenthood, like that every time. And the fact that we've been doing the show for three years, like that's what makes it even sadder for me is that every time I just fall short for whatever reason. And I think 
especially coming back from Korea, that's what's really pushed me in this direction of like really thinking about my identity as being Asian American versus specifically Korean American, even though I know ethnically I am Korean. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, that's kind of where I think that totally makes sense in. because I sure. like, so I think to your point, Nathan, I think the, the photo idea is cool. And it also does kind of set up a false dichotomy of like, you have to like of Koreanness and Americanness being on a spectrum when actually you can be a hundred percent Korean and a hundred percent American. And if you, if your mental model can't sustain that then maybe you should update your mental model now like if you are from korea like the republic of korea then then i think there's like a oh yeah you know like but then it's just like that's two that's two totally different things you know so it's like maybe it's like oh yeah you just stand on a korean flag or stand on an american flag wearing a humbuck or you're stand on a american flag you know with wearing whatever thing or like you know however that looks but it to your point, Patrick, I think like I, I like the idea of resistance as like Asian American. I also think of it as like empathy. Like at its to oh, me, yeah, sure. at its core, I think it's like a a bunch of political activists who were Asian American are Asian American. They didn't stop being Asian American. Um, saw the needs of a lot of communities, and they're like, I realize that we are different, and I have empathy for your situation and. Mm-hmm for the betterment of many communities, let's band together and make this happen. Um, and I think that that is, is really important to, to be like, actually, and I think even like it in your space, Patrick, to be like, yeah, I don't feel super Korean. So maybe if you walk into super Korean, like ethnically Korean spaces, then you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, this isn't my game. And then if you were super Korean and then walked into like super Chinese spaces, they'd be like, what are you doing here? But, <laughs> sure. But I think like if you're like, no, I'm I'm Asian American and then you hang out with other Asian Americans, you're like, yeah, this is I don't need to know the language. I just know that I like this food and I know that like this is how we're gonna be. And maybe we grew up in right. LA or in Indy and you know, like we have listen to the same punk bands or whatever. We <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it just yeah, it yeah, can yeah. be so much more than that because you actually choose to come together as a point of empathy as opposed to be like ethnically guarded right. in your cultures. You know? Well, and I do want to, I do want to say, I like what you said before that it's not necessarily a reclamation. It's like a choosing, like I'm claiming it specifically. Like I made the decision to claim it and choose it instead of like, I had to reclaim it. Um, I also just wanted to be make clear that like, this is my definition for it. And yeah. I don't want to invalidate anybody else's definition of what it means to be Asian American or ethnically American, whatever it is that you how whatever ethnicity that you hail from. Um, like, this is how I have just navigated my own identity, for sure. Like, I definitely don't want people to be like, Oh, well, I don't identify as Asian American. I don't define it that way. That's totally okay. <laughs> like, that is just the way that Ooh. I'm doing it. That's fine. No, it's it's definitely a little different than the way I defined it. As I yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I blending, just wanted, which, yeah, yeah. And I didn't. I, I'm not taking any offense to your definition. Well, you of it as should, well Nathan. Get angry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just is, saying yeah, for anybody out there, for anybody else even, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And I and I hope they feel that same way about what I said. Is that well, I think of it as that blending, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is correct for anybody else. So, 
um yeah i mean it's but just i'm a, a, I'm a my statement is a blanket statement and i expect all of you to follow mine so please <laughs> do that or stop listening to the show <laughs> we gotta have one blanket statement we <laughs> yeah hot take i'm always right but it's it's interesting that mine's including um like you said my, mine was of blending so it's including both cultures whereas yours is the opposite in a way of of not including certain things from each one so um like you said it's the absence of certain things then i'm just trying to i'm trying to like wrap my head around that one as well because um i feel like that's both like the the that is, I mean, that is the definition is, is when you have something, you also don't have something too. So, um, in a way, is, I mean, is that kind of like yin and yang, right? Where we're like, you know, so I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about that. I don't think of identity as like a zero sum game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that, like you said too, a hundred percent of one and a hundred percent of other is completely possible. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I mean, the, you know, to thinking outside of the limitations of, you know, a circle of including everything. But I think things change too. The box yeah, gets bigger. Yeah, yeah. And I think know? that this like just generally leads us to a conversation around allyship and what that looks like. Because like this, like the Asian Americanness, I think is a lot of people across lots of timelines, but like generally since the mid 1800s i guess uh since the 19th century have come over from asia uh and they for lots of different reasons were brought over here came over here with their own baggage from their own motherlands but like we're here now and i think that that's the the blending and the letting go is like i think there's a world where um if you're I guess one example for me is like if you were super Korean, you might not be big fans of like Japanese people because of like the history of Korea and Japan. However, if you're both Asian American, maybe you should just like leave that alone because you're probably both born here and you've got other things to worry about. You know what I mean? Like I think that's like kind of the the letting go of it is like leave your country of origin, your genetic ethnic whatever homeland however many generations back like leave some of that stuff at the border because we're here and we have lives to lead and we need to proceed with empathy and do more for our communities you know and and be more inclusive and be having broader conversations around what a asian american looks like it is not lost on me that we're three korean dudes aka three east asian dudes talking about asian american when like a lot of the other continent probably doesn't really feel that they belong in Asian America. And a lot of America probably doesn't feel like they would label them as Asian American. So. Right. Well, like the, and like the way the definition came about in the first place has changed. And like the history is either lost or erased or purposely or like construed, but like skewed and, and hidden. And for me, like, I like what you said, like, for some people, as you immigrate here, you know, some stuff you might be feel forced to leave at the door. And like, as you find yourself coming into a new country, potentially a new identity and trying to figure out and navigate your way through that. And for me, I think what I've really been struggling with is as I've tried to figure out who I am 
and like feeling like I found acceptance of who I am. Mm. Like I've really, like I think the thing that I've really been like grappling with is like forcing myself to maybe not love Korean culture or Korea in any particular way, but not one, not connecting with it. And then two, feeling a lot of like envy towards specifically other Korean adoptees who just do it so easily, Mm. like the food and like cook it or like go after the language or just do anything culturally celebrate the holidays, like literally just anybody. And it's just like, I see that. And it's like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing that. And I just can't. And I hate to even say I can't do it because for whatever reason, like it feels like maybe I'm not trying enough or trying hard enough. And again, like, I think I'm just thinking a lot about this because I'm approaching parenthood and like, I'm really grappling with like, I'm not going to have any of this for my kid. And like, I'm really worried about that. And like, I, I, I don't know. I just like, really, that's really what's been going through my mind a lot lately. And I think again, I call, I, I talk about it being forced because like, it feels like because I'm ethnically Korean, I have to do it. Like it, I, there is no choice being Asian American again is the choice I get to make. And the stuff that I've done while this podcast has been very Korean adoptee focused and focused on Korean culture, a lot of the other things I've done outside of the show has been for all intents and purposes, very pan Asian focused or maybe East Asian. I'll say East Asian, not specifically pan Asian, but broadly more East Asian focused. And so it hasn't really been so focused on Korean stuff. And I've been exposed to more just other Asian things. And, and it hasn't even been like cultural things. It's just been community. And so like, when I think about that identity, when I think about choosing Asian America, I'm really thinking about community too. And when I talk about resisting, I think it's resisting this idea that I have to be forced into the ethnic cultural aspect of it. And again, I just want to be clear. I don't have any issues with anybody who is <laughs> who loves Korean culture and can do that. I again, that's the envy part of it. And like, I used to think it was jealousy. And I had a conversation with my sister, and she was like, "It's not. I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's envy." And I was like, oh, "Okay, I, th- I like the language there. I think you're right. I think I think I'm just very envious of that fact, and I want to like let go of that feeling. But I also have to name it because that's just really what I've I've been struggling with. I think over the last three years of doing the podcast." Like truly like just having these conversations and like then watching our friends that we meet through the show, go off and do these amazing things and like really connect. Like half of them go back to Korea. Yeah. And then the way that they connect with it, I'm just like, again, I think especially the second trip just like really opened my eyes in a different way. Yeah. um, To how I've really been struggling with that. And so I know other people struggle with it in similar or different ways. Um, it's just something that I've just really been become more cognizant of uh, in myself. I think that's completely okay. Uh, not to, not to feel forced to do anything Korean. I think, uh, you know, I just, I stand by your, your decisions to not have to do those things. And I, and I wish for you to not feel guilty or envious about those things either, because 
I think of it as in both realms, not just Korean, but think of American stuff. Like, um, I don't necessarily fly an American flag outside of my house around <laughs> July 4th. Does that make same. me less American or, yes. you know, just right. the same thing? I'm not putting a Korean flag out there around, you know, um, Solo or something. Yeah. Or, you, <laughs> yeah. Know, you know, so those are the things that I, I don't do because other people may do, but I feel okay with that because it's my decision. Um, in the sure. regards of like same thing, I wouldn't, you know, I don't go all out with putting up a million Christmas decorations, although some people might, you know, I mean, there's, there's, it's hard to sometimes compare sure. with other people in similar categories or similar, um, you know, um, identities and things too. But uh, as far as also the specifically Korean things and Asian American things, I also think that because Asian America, for me at least, is like a broad spectrum of a lot of different things. It's easier to um, to be involved in those things because there's a lot more to be involved in, and I like that. Sure. I like I like the larger pool of things to pick from to discover because that's for me that's what I like is discovering new things. And so I pick from all of you know, like you said, Pan Asian or East Asian kinds of things because um, if I was just picking from Korean things all the time, then you know. I don't know. I, I that that would probably be fine too for some, but <laughs> like but I'd get a little from, tired of bimbap. <laughs> yeah, for, for I mean, again, it's also environmental. I don't really have access to a ton of Korean things. I mean, there are a few Korean restaurants, and there's of course a couple H marts, but um, I mean, I'm not diving into th- that side of things. Yes, I could probably read only about Korean culture or history and things like that too. But again, like I said, I like to hear about it all. So just like I like buffets, right? I like a little variety. <laughs> a little bit of everything. They didn't just a sucker for a sampler pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I love the sampler pack. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so for me, that's why I choose to do more uh, Asian American, you know, um, things and try to involve different cultures. And because again, my wife is half Japanese, half Chinese, I'm, I feel a little obligated, like you said as well, to kind of learn about them all also. Because my kids are going to be all three, so I want to know a little bit about right. uh, China, a little more about J- Japan and Korea and things like that. So, um, and I want to remind them that they are as well. And for you later, when you do have, um, you know, your your first child, that it's, I think it's going to come naturally. You're not, don't feel forced that you have to teach them or celebrate things with them. Because I, I don't. I let them dictate in a way what they want to learn about sometimes they'll ask us questions about things. I mean, the fact that they're doing Taekwondo was kind of, yeah, that's Korean, but I mean, I would have been fine if they wanted to do judo or if they wanted to do, you know, karate or something like that. I mean, it was Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. A Brazilian yeah. jujitsu. Right. So, um, I, I let them kind of dictate the direction that they're going in what they want to discover. And they do ask questions and they, um, I think it'll just come naturally as you start developing a routine in your own family and traditions and things like that. If you don't celebrate, you know, Chuseok every day, then that's or every year, then that's every day, every day, <laughs> every I definitely know I'm doing it wrong. Is <laughs> so, but that's, I think that's okay. Cause you know, I, de- I definitely don't celebrate other holidays every year the same way. So, right. Well, I appreciate that. I think, I think. I think you guys are doing a good job. So, I appreciate that. You guys being Patrick and Emily, me, Patrick and Emily. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> not, I didn't uh, know if he was you talking have, about you too. No, KJ, you have your. I mean, you you've been 
discovering, you know, through music. I'm, I'm actually curious, ha- have you had any recent, I know this is kind of maybe a little tangent, have you had any more recent um, inspirations to do more music, uh, like in Korean? No, I, um, I kind of feel like, <laughs> not dissimilar from Patrick, not that like I'm uh, not engaging with the Korean culture. I think I'm just like, I've like capped. I'm at capacity. Uh, and I, I realize like, I love learning Korean language, but that's because I love learning all languages. Like I'm just as excited to learn Korean as I am Spanish. I'm just mm-hmm. as sad if I hear a conversation in Spanish, if I don't understand it fully as I mm. am, if I don't <laughs> understand it, like it doesn't matter. It's just all languages. It could be Brazilian. It could be, well, I guess that's Portuguese, but specifically, you know, Portuguese, it could be French. It could be Russian or Romanian or, you know, any of those things. I would just be like, I just love learning languages. And I think that realizing that for me, I think I used to say either out loud or to myself, oh, well, of course, uh, the language because um, Korean and Korean. But I think that that's actually not that true. And that, like, I, I like food, but in the same way, like, I just like all food. And we, when we cook in our home, it's a lot of Mexican food or, uh, I don't know. I guess what I would broadly, I broadly term it as white people food because it's like white people's take on, well, there's like barbecue, which I mean, I guess is white people food. I don't know. Uh, Like Texas or whatever. There's barbecue. There's like Mexican food. There's uh, all these kinds of things. Right. But like when I had the opportunity to cook and we were like, oh, we've got some leftover turkey. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go grab Amsam and (laughs) (laughs) grab. So cute. <laughs> Man, I expected to see a kid back there. I did not expect the kid to be that cute. Uh, Nathan, I muted you. All, all glad. I muted back, you, Nathan. So that was cool. Unmute um, yourself. So I, what was I saying? Okay, when I had the opportunity to cook and craft sorry. a meal. <laughs> it was very cute. Uh, I, so we had like leftover turkey. The first thing I grabbed were um, Sam spicy bulgogi. And then I had like sriracha on hand. I had uh gochugaru pepper flakes i had uh rice i had sesame oil like so i was just like but then i also did like oh you know what la would do if this was a an la street taco so you'd have like some quick slaw quick kimchi slaw and then like jalapenos and so like i made like a type of uh east asian street taco type thing yeah exactly (laughs) but you know what i mean like those are the things that like so i gravitate towards korean food because it gives me new flavors new ideas to practice making that i typically don't get to make all that often you know what i mean right so i I think that's what i mean where i'm like i've kind of capped on the koreanness of it and i'm just like for the most part i'm good with where i'm at and i do I think like you, Patrick, I, I have to check myself from being envious of people who are more fluent in the things that I'm interested in than me. Cause right. I'm just like, man, I wish I was there, but also I'm like, I'm not, I don't have time for that. I've, I've got yeah. a good life generally mm-hmm. and I could work extra hard to be, to make like Korean, my whole personality, <laughs> but like I got other things going on. I got a podcast, I got a job, I got, you know, I got a wife and all that kind of stuff so you do you you fusion it up (laughs) well it's like the (laughs) it's the envy and then it's like it gives way to the thought of am i enough and then like i really feel like it's not even imposter syndrome it's like 
I'm not enough. Yeah. And I feel like I've been thinking, I haven't been like thinking that a lot, but I've been thinking about that a lot. And like my lack of connection to ethnic culture is making me feel not enough. And then like, especially, and I think this is something I've been working through in therapy has yeah. been like, I'm really capable or I tell myself I'm very capable of giving advice and I'm very capable of telling other adoptees, well, you are a hundred percent more than enough. Like you are always enough, but then how capable am I of taking that advice and internalizing it for myself? And I found that I've really struggled recently with that idea of this enoughness. And well, so, I, yeah, I think it's interesting too, that you, that you say that because I remember like that is reminiscent of some of our early conversations uh, around just deciding that we are in fact sure. Korean enough mm -hmm. and we are Asian enough to be in these spaces, to be making right. this podcast, you know, like all those year one conversations mm -hmm. about like all that imposter syndrome that we feel. And I remember distinctly. So like, I, I know the feeling I get whenever an adoptee decides, yeah, I'm here. I'm good enough to be in my ethnic space, in my American space, in my adoptee space, like whatever that is. When they decide, like they have moved through that imposter syndrome into the fullness of their identity, then you're like, yeah, I'm enough. And what what I'm hearing you say, Patrick, is you're on level two of that, where it's like, right. well, so I've moved through like all this imposter syndrome and what's left, I guess, beneath that surface is just me. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. A hundred percent. That's the thing I was just literally thinking about. Like, I'm definitely know I'm Asian enough. Yes. And like, I know mm -hmm. that like, I'm like all of these other things and I, I accept all of that. But then I'm like, but am I like, but now I'm on enough? level two. I'm still like, it. like, I'm just like, am I enough? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. So is, again, and is that our insecurities as adoptees? Is that something well, that I think for me right no. now, it's literally <laughs> just this slow approach toward and and also fast approach towards parenthood i think yeah. it's like this has got me thinking a lot about these things that again especially and again coming back from korea too also kind of put me on this path of just really like rehashing all of this stuff and because like i'm gonna be having these conversations in two three six years you know with mm -hmm. another person my first biological relation you know who is going to be mixed race and may very well be having a similar thought process in their head i don't know mm -hmm. i don't know yeah um and yeah it's just like it's again it's just like thinking for whatever reason i had like reached this like you said i'm on level two but for whatever reason, I thought when you completed level one, like that was the level and you were <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, and like, yeah. You're like, no, I'm this. done. I'm in the next room <laughs> yeah, and that's the end. You're like good. down there, there's a light, but I think that's like death. It's you're like, no, I that's actually, that's actually level two. That's not the death door. That's the yeah. level two door. It's like, like I, not that I there. didn't think that I was like done growing, but like I thought I was just done with all of this. And <laughs> Patrick no, is like, are, I've peaked. There are levels to this shit. So <laughs> I, I feel I've run into a few separate levels now too with um, the fact that we've been doing this for three years and that we've moved further along in, you know, um, advocacy work or just talking within the community. I mean, my, my role at con now being a co-chair for next year's conference, I, I feel like I'm not enough at times. Cause I'm like, am I doing enough 
for the conference? Should I be doing enough to help other adoptees? Should I be doing enough or am I doing enough to, you know, just even be able to talk about what other adoptees may want to talk about? I mean, outside of what we talk about on our show. So um, definitely have similar feelings there. Wow, we really are branching out because, yeah, you've got Con, Patrick, you're doing Pan-Asian stuff. I'm hanging out with Dallas Asian Historical Society and NAP DFW, which is another Asian American thing. Yeah, look at how <laughs> yep. far we've come. Yeah, look, yeah, I know. First year Level conversations, two. are we enough? <laughs> Third year conversations, are we doing too much? Are we, are we, well, it's not even that. It's, it's true. Level one. Yeah. First year was, are we enough to do this podcast? Level yeah. three, level two was like, are we enough to be doing all these extra things yeah. on top of the podcast? <laughs> I can totally see the next stage being, are we doing too much? That's so true. Yeah. You're like, are we doing too many things? Overcommitted. <laughs> oh. We should, um, I, I feel like we just hit our stride, but we should probably take a break and yeah. go into we can take a break. some, some food some times. snacky snacks. Yeah. yeah. I have something for our next solo, so okay, I'll Ooh. save it for then. Put it on the board. <laughs> Welcome back to the John Cheese Show. Time to have a snack. Food. Food time. All right. We got something that I haven't seen before. Um, it's called a white pie by Samjin, which I've never even heard of that brand before either. So, um, yeah, it literally looked at first. I was like super excited because I didn't, I didn't know what was in it. I just saw the photo on the front and I was like, Oh, this looks like a, I don't know, like a white chocolate outside with like a chocolatey inside. Uh, I don't think so like a pie. I think it's red bean. Yeah, <laughs> it's not chocolate. Sorry, um, but at <sighs> first I was ex- super up. excited. I was super excited. I don't know because it looked really good, but it still looks good because I do like you know. All right, we're cutting it close. January twenty twenty four. I know. 20, oh come on, that's three months away. <laughs> we're good. It feels. I'm glad close. that you guys made fun of me too on the last one, uh, being uh, oh. not expired as well. The jellies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jelly. Thanks for checking. Thanks for checking on that one. I remember what the so. topic was now. It was, what if I never started this journey? And maybe that's not a full mm. episode topic, but, and okay. I don't necessarily know if hypotheticals are worth having a conversation about, but I just remember it being, if we don't have to it's get into question. it, we're in the food time now. We're in the food <laughs> it's time. Question. It's okay. You can cut that. Uh, so, yeah. No, so, this, up. based on the picture, it made me think it was like kind of like a powdered donut of, mm. um, Red mochi mochi sandwich cookie things it's not powdered it's more like a like a glaze i guess it's it's heavy so that's the other thing <laughs> it it's is just, she this, thick. this yeah this one little like pie is pretty heavy um this looks like a pie. like a, like a dumpling like a yeah it dumpling. does kind of look like a dumpling it All does right. feel full and dense yeah well the last um, time the last thing we had that was a red bean was actually not that bad yeah, so what was it? Here's the whole thing. This is good. I don't know. Smells like teen spirit. Mm. Play doh. <laughs> okay. What does it smell like? I don't know. It smells really good. I'm got. I got to get past the texture of the. It's like a mochi, not a not a cookie cookie, which I thought it was going to be more of a cookie. It's more better of a than mochi. I thought it was going to taste. To be honest, yeah. It tastes more like a glazed donut than I thought it would. 
Oh, it tastes like mm. more of a candy than I thought it was going to taste like. Yeah, interesting. This, this is, is very definitely interesting. Definitely different. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I definitely don't hate it. <laughs> this is coming in. This is giving a real two and a half, two and a half energy <laughs> right down the middle. It's, I mean, it's got like a like a umami. I guess that that's the the red bean of it. Um, like it's got a savory umami yeah. flavor to mm-hmm. it. Uh, that is nice, and also my brain can't handle it. <laughs> it's very. It's an interest. It's got. I don't even know. Like it's my really brain also sweet. cannot handle it. The coating is really sweet. The glaze, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it feels like pure sugar, but it doesn't taste like sugar until the very end, or whatever the our, sweetness might be. It's also Maybe melting in my hands already. Oh yeah! Wow. Anytime you mail anything to me, if you're not, if I'm not receiving it in December through February, <laughs> it's melted. <laughs> no. Uh, I just recently got a Hershey's bar in the mail that oh. was. Who's disgusting. mailing you chocolate? It yeah. was from my work. It was like a fall. Like there's like a bunch of things, but like from your it was, work, it was, they're in Texas. No, no, no. From my the the team is like based in California. Oh. It's fully remote. It's a fully remote team. This is, but yeah, it's like here's some like it was like a apple cider packet, <laughs> some like plastic pumpkins, and like some candies. Like it's Halloween time, just like your fall kit, and uh, all the all the chocolate was melted. All the well, skills like were melted kit. together. It was not great. The only thing that survived was a plastic. So great, great for the environment. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, all that to, to say, mine are also pie. very melty. Mm. So mine was okay. All right, you're already finished, point. Patrick. As as usual, what do you rate it? <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a three. It's a little above average. Very sweet. I feel like I've been saying this about a lot of snacks, but I don't really know what would make it better or what would make it worse than what the rating that I'm giving it. Like, I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I didn't not like it, but I didn't love it. But I did not not like like it. I'm so confused. It was better than two and a half. So that's why I gave it a three. But would it was not better a, than a three. Would you eat? Because I gave you what three? Or you so? gave me at least two. Three. Okay. I got three. I am. You know, I wanted you to share. You know, with Emily. But oh yeah, I got a, I got three in here. I would eat another one. Hmm. I did I'm not going to eat another one. one tonight. Oh, KJ had two. There you go. Uh, that was maybe a bad decision. Yeah, that's how. See, that's how I feel about it. Because I had a second one. It was more sweet. Like I said, it's more sweet than I anticipated. And then the second one was like, this is definitely too much sweetness in my stomach. So um, yep, I'm going to yep, give it a, yep, yep. I'm going to give it a two and a half, which anytime I see, this is probably a little unfair, but anytime I see one of these like red bean moon cakey type things, it just starts at a two for me, just slightly below average, below the middle. Uh, so it did elevate its rating because I feel like overall it's like, it's good, but it's, it's really sweet, and then the savory of the red bean or whatever mung bean maybe, it's like really throwing me. Uh, and now my stomach hurts. So there we go. I'm glad I didn't eat the second one. Now. I just don't eat sweets. Like my stomach doesn't love when I eat a lot of sweets. And we've so. had multiple sweet treats in a row now. Yeah, and I apparently I always eat all of them. Oh, like the gummies? I yeah. ate all of them, or I, oh, I ate too many, and then my stomach hurt. So 
Yeah, well, I am a, a child. Gummies. Okay. I am a child. <laughs> well, I'll, our next treat down the road, I think, will be savory, so that's good. Um, I I agree. I I think I like mochi, so I'm used to the consistency of it. But if there's oh, yeah, anybody out there that good. does not like a consistency, a firm, dense rice flour type consistency, you might not like this. Um, for me, I've had a lot of mochi. Um, I like soft mochi, like the Japanese soft mochi. Oh, this not is like kind the, of like uh, a Trader hard, Joe's mochi yeah. nuggets, mm-hmm. or the ones that are just—I mean, fresh—or the ones that I've had in soups and things like that. This is kind of like I don't know. It's like a firm, somewhere between a mochi and a jelly, you know, like a gelatinous, like jelly kind of thing. So it's just—it's a little too hard for me. So that part I don't really like. Uh, but the flavor, the smell, everything was great on that. So I'm going to follow uh, Patrick and go give it a three, a little bit above average. Um, I would eat it again, but uh, I, wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat a whole bag of it. So Wouldn't eat a know, whole bag. If, it was like, if it's like an Oreo, you know, you might eat like three or four of them. So, but. If it's All an right. Oreo, I mean that whole sleeve. The whole sleeve. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole I think three I like, rows. If it's oh, you're having the whole, the whole container. Thing. Yeah, the whole <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having one sleeve, dunking it in milk, even Ew, though my no stomach's milk. gonna yeah. what? No it's milk. Milk's favorite cookie. No milk. I'm twisting every single one of them off. Hopefully, only one side has all the cream filling on it. And what? You just throw the other side out? No, yeah. I eat both of them. Oh my but I gosh! Eat one of them at a time. I can't believe you don't eat Oreos with milk. Wow. I'm not a big milk person. I love wow. ice cream, but what? Are you I don't eat I don't eat Oreos with milk either. All right. Not a big milk. Yeah. Wow. Guys. Neither am I. Sorry. It's probably because my dad's from Wisconsin. But come on. It's milk's favorite cookie. Is it? But yeah. But is but is milk the cookie's favorite drink? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> All right. Okay. We should, we should wrap good. it up. Um, if you want to call in and say whether or not you take your Oreos with milk, you can do so at 972-677-8867. Otherwise, you can just hit us up uh, at our email, johnchyshow at gmail.com, or on our socials. We're at johnchyshow on all of our platforms. I really need to know what our listeners like milk cookie situation, milk Oreo situation is. So please, please do that. Um, otherwise, if you just generally want to support the show, um, you can do so by going to dungeonshow.com slash support. Uh, also, tell your friends about the show. Also, uh, please leave a rating or review wherever you can do that on your podcast player of things that helps the algorithm say like, hey, this podcast is good. We should make other people pay attention to it. And thus, you spread the good news of the John Chi Show far and wide. Right. Um, and we thank you for your support. Yeah. What else uh, What else is going on? Uh, you can hang out with Nathan uh, on the Facebook after party or just generally, <laughs> I guess, on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't. There. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm on there. Uh, that's it for the show, right? Did I hit everything? Yeah. Your personal? Yeah. Do you do the you can, social media? Yeah. You can hang out with me at KJ Relke, wherever I want to be found on the internet. Also, just in case Patrick missed it again, we're at John Chi Show for the social for the show. Did I miss it? I don't know. No, oh, also, you know. can buy merch if you want to buy merch. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Once we get that up and running, is it running now? It's running now. Oh, it's running now. Thank you. Thanks, AJ, for bringing that to our attention, too. Um, I am His N. Nowak on... No, AJ. Uh, this just kidding. in, Sarah just doesn't like the mochi. Oh, so. there you go. This just right. in. 
Thanks, Sarah. Flash, Flash News. Voice of the show. I'm Nowak on Instagram. And I am Patrick in the world on the Instagram. Didn't even finish it. Didn't even finish Dang. it. Negative two. All right. <laughs> Good talk. Uh, Good yeah, snack. Anyways, thanks for hanging Good out with talk. us, everyone. Uh, and thanks for listening, everyone. Next, next week. week. John G. John G. Oh, <laughs> I hit it. So early. <laughs> I hit it. I hit the button. Uh, it did come quicker. It came All a little right. quick. John G. Hale. Uh.